Amen. Well, uh, these trees are amazing. Like Wayne was talking about, I, I just think uh, Northfield does such a good job decorating here at the church. So thankful for the Seventh-day Adventists and all that they do here and what they do for us. But we tried our attempt at decorating at the Birch household. I don't know if any of you guys got your tree this week, but we tried something new for us. We went to a tree farm and we cut down our own tree. Have you ever done that before? Ever cut down your own tree before? It was pretty fun. It was, it was actually really fun, but it was also really painful. Uh, it was painful because we got a blue spruce. And we're, we're not really Chris, Christmas tree experts, but we got this blue spruce, and, and, or spruce, and the lady, later she goes, oh, do you have cats? And we're like, well, yeah, we do. She goes, oh, people get the blue spruce because uh, it hurts so much that your cat won't mess around with the ornaments, won't mess around with the tree. And Trevin, uh, he, he had the duty of, you know, sawing the trunk, and so... Uh, our, our boy was down on hands and knees, and he just kept on kind of whining, you know, and if you ever heard a, a 14-year-old whine, it, um, he, he's just like, oh, this hurts, this hurts, and so Mary and I, being the loving, compassionate parents we are, told him to suck it up. Um, <laughs> but then um, Mary and I got to experience the pain of the tree as we tried to get it on top of the van and as we decorated it uh, that Monday night. Very painful. But then Tuesday morning, I was in a meeting with Jeremy, and we're sitting there, and Jeremy's talking, and I, I look at my hands, and I realize on my hands, I had like dozens of little red uh, dots of pain on my hands. And then later, Trevin showed me his leg. I'm not even, without exaggeration, he probably had like a hundred of these little red dots of pain on his calf. So the moral of the story is, if you want to experience that kind of Christmas cheer, blue spruce is your tree. So, and, and Trevin, I apologize, man, my, my bad, um, and thank you for, you, you endured, you, you um, thank you, and we promise to get a noble fur next year, <laughs> but today is December 4th, and it is the season for the Birch family, it's also the season of laryngitis, both Mary and I uh, really don't have much of a voice, but um, I love the Christmas season, like I was talking about earlier. Uh, we really do. We, we love uh, to, to celebrate this season. And at church, it's a neat season. It's this time to intentionally focus on the birth of Christ. We sing all these songs about him. And, and on this Christmas season, these four or five weeks, we intentionally remember his birth, the birth of Christ. But I was thinking about it at church we really get to do these things on every Sunday morning, right? About 52 times a year, we remember him. We remember him in communion. We do communion once a month. There's other times when we sing to him or we sing about him. We pray to him. Isn't that amazing when we get to pray to him? We do all these things on Sunday mornings, and, and it's beautiful. I love to hear from the Lord. I, I believe he was speaking uh, during worship, and even during those times, I felt like he was speaking some things personally to me that I'm not sharing with anybody else that I just think were a gift uh, from the Lord to me. But let's not forget that at LifeSpring, um, the idea of being a Christian is that God's presence now dwells inside of us. Amen? All right? So that means that we actually don't have to wait till Sunday morning to meet with God. You wouldn't have to wait till a church service to remember Christ. You actually get to spend time with God and hear from God, not just on a Sunday morning, but how often? Every day, right? Every day. And yet, I've noticed that we are human. <laughs> and as humans, we are really good at forgetting God. Uh, we're really good at just kind of getting busy kind of going through the motions, living our own lives, pursuing our own agendas. And you can actually do your day-to-day -day routine without spending much time with God, without really paying attention to what he might want to say. 
often we turn a deaf ear to God's voice. And that's a problem. I think we would say that's a problem, but I'd also say that's not a new problem, right? You're not the first one uh, to struggle in hearing from God or listening to God. Humanity, since the very beginning, has struggled in our ability to listen to God. God's been speaking from the very beginning, and yet we all uh, don't often listen to what he's trying to say. When you read the Bible, you find that as a common theme, especially as you read the Old Testament. There's story after story after story. God is speaking, but his children are having a hard time listening and obeying. But though we haven't been so good at this listening part of the equation, God is quite good. <laughs> God is so good. He is patient and he is kind. And I, and I love that he continues to speak. He really does. He, he continues to speak. Instead of giving up on us, right? Instead of just throwing up his hands in frustration, oh wow, has he shown us his faithfulness. He's shown us his love. See, God, in his heart for us, he desperately wants to reveal himself to his children. And so he continues to speak. And I want to add this. When he speaks, I believe he speaks in a way that you and I can understand. He speaks in a way that you and I can understand. You see this in the birth of Christ. You see this in the birth of Jesus. God sends his very own son to speak his message and to communicate it in a way that you and I can understand. That's one of the true miracles of Christmas, right? That God, our Father God, he speaks his loving message to us in a way that we can understand. And it's his, a message that is spoken through his son. And church, we just need to understand this this morning. That is a miracle. It's a miracle. And that's what we're focusing on today, the miracle of the message. We're going to use uh, the, 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 the movie Miracle on 34th Street. We used it last week. We're going to use it again this week to help us illustrate and understand this miracle of Christmas. In today's clip, I love this clip, by the way. It's Chris Kringle. He's on his Santa seat in the department store, and he's interacting with this little girl, cute little girl. And she, and she comes up to see Santa. Now, while this girl is on Santa's lap, there's another little girl, Mrs. Walker's daughter. And Ms. Walker doesn't believe in Santa. Ms. Walker's a little girl doesn't believe in Santa. But she starts looking at Chris and how he's communicating with this little girl. And I want you to pay attention that he is communicating with this girl in just the right way, in a way that this girl can understand. Hello, little one. How are you? Come. Well... She's deaf. You don't have to talk to her. She just wanted to see you. Thank you. <laughs> you are a very beautiful young lady. <laughs> What's your name? Sammy. That's a beautiful name. <laughs> now, I tell you what. Do you know Jingle Bells? Yeah. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride on a one-horse open sleigh. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Darling, what 
would you like for Christmas? A doll and a bear when you shall have them. Sammy, I wish you a merry Christmas. The whole congregation went, oh. <laughs> Did you see the miracle of the message? Chris Kringle, he communicates to this cute little girl in a way that she can understand. He actually speaks her language. Life spring in so many ways, that's what God has done for us. He sent Jesus to be a man like us, to walk with us, to speak our language. Oh, the love of the Father that he communicated with us in a way that we can understand. Let's look at the Bible in Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Look at how it describes God speaking his message to us. Long ago, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets at different times and different ways. Now in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. God has appointed him, appointed Jesus, heir of all things, and made the universe through him. That's profound, church. In these last days, God, Father God, has spoken to us through his son. It's an incredible revelation that Jesus came to this earth as a baby boy to communicate with us. Father God is now speaking to us through Jesus. It's a miracle. It's the miracle of Christmas. God is now speaking through his son. Now, before Jesus, you, you notice in the Old Testament, God's speaking, right? He's always been speaking. He's been speaking since the very beginning. He's been trying to reveal himself to us. He wants us to know that he loves us. He wants us to know him. God's revealed himself. Think about creation. God reveals himself through the sun and the moon and the stars. He reveals himself through a sunrise and through a sunset. You see Moses, being re uh, God revealing himself to Moses in a burning bush. He speaks to the Israelites through smoke and fire on a mountain. He speaks to Elijah in a still, small voice. Isaiah in a temple. God speaks to Amos in a basket of summer fruit. He speaks, or speaks to Jeremiah through potter's clay. He speaks to Joseph. You remember how he spoke to Joseph? Through dreams. He even spoke, by the way, in the Old Testament, if you remember this one, through a donkey. God's been speaking his Message through visions, through dreams, through angels, through symbols, through prophets. And he speaks in various places to the Ur of Chaldees, Haran, Canaan, Egypt, Babylon. I love it. There, there's so much variety in how and when and where God speaks and how he reveals himself. He reveals to us himself in so many ways. I, you need to understand, him revealing himself has never been some monotonous activity that always has to happen in the same place, in the same way. God, he's spoken throughout history in a variety of places by a variety of means in order to make himself the creator known to humanity, his creation. But now with Christ, something profound happens. Before Christ, he was speaking, speaking through the law, speaking through the prophets. But people weren't really getting the message. They didn't understand his heart. They didn't understand his plan. Some did, but most did not. 
And then on top of that, you'll read this in the Old Testament, there was others who would declare that they were speaking for God, and yet they were just false prophets speaking false good news. And this had caused confusion. This had caused a lack of understanding of who God was. But now, at last, in these last days, God sends his son Jesus to bring his message to us. In our Lord Jesus Christ, God reveals himself to us. God revealed himself through the words spoken by Jesus, through the message of Jesus, but God did something more than that because we believe Jesus Christ is the living, divine Son of God, right? He is a part of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He is God the Son. So Jesus did more than just proclaim God's message. Jesus is God's message. Hallelujah. Jesus came to reveal God. To make him known to us in such a way that we as created beings could now understand and know our creator. In Hebrews, if you go on to verse 3, this is what the writer of Hebrews says. This is so powerful. He says this about Jesus. The Son, Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory. And he is the exact expression of God's nature. Sustaining all things by his powerful word. His word. And then it goes on to say, after making purification of sins, Jesus sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus is the exact expression of God's nature, sustaining all things by his powerful word. His word. John describes Jesus as the word becoming flesh. The word that became flesh and lives among us. If you want to know what God is like, if you want to know what God looks like, look to Jesus. Remember when Philip questioned Jesus and he said, Jesus, would you show me the Father? Remember that? And what did Jesus said? He said, have I been among you all this time without you knowing me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen who? Has seen the Father. Earlier in John, he says, I and the Father are one. Jesus is the message. God speaks to us clearly through his son. God's love, God's passion, God's desire for his creation is fully expressed in and through Jesus. It's the miracle of the message. The miracle of the message. I want to add this. This miracle of this message, this message, this word, this Jesus, this message. If you receive this message into your life, it will change your life forever. Forever. Christmas is the celebration of the greatest message ever told. Emmanuel is with us. Emmanuel. Who's that? God with us. God is now with us. The word became flesh, made his dwelling among us. God came near. We can come near to him. This morning you need to understand that this message, this Christ, this Jesus, this word, if you receive this word, if you receive the message, it will transform you. It will radically change your life. 1 Timothy tells us this in chapter 2 of 1 Timothy regarding this message, this word, this Jesus, that he came and he gave his life as a ransom for all. The miracle of the message is that God in Christ has been reconciling the world to himself. Jesus came so that God could reveal himself and his plan to us in a way that you and I could understand. 
He revealed himself so that we could understand God. In Jesus, we can be known by God and we can know God. Jesus came to proclaim God's message of love that we no longer have to be slaves to sin, but in Jesus, through the message of God's love, we can be set free from the power of sin in our lives. Now, why did God do that? Why did God send his son? Again, because he wanted to show us how much he loves us. He wanted to show you you are not an accident. You are not some cosmic coincidence. You are here on purpose. You are here for a reason. He has designed you. He has made you, and he loves you. He came to proclaim the message that in Jesus, you are set free. You no longer have to live in the world, for the world, by the world. You can now live for things better, greater, miraculous, supernatural. You can live for the things of God, not of earth, but of heaven, all because God has sent you a message. And when you receive the message found in Jesus Christ, you now live for something better. I hope you hear what I'm saying this morning, because we all have a choice how we're going to live. But when you receive the message, it has the power to change your life forever. It is a powerful, life-changing message. I was thinking about it this week. Some of you have heard messages this year, this, over the past 12 months, that have radically changed your life. You heard the message from the doctor that said it's cancer. You heard the message from your loved one that said, I'm pregnant. You heard the message from your spouse that said, I don't love you anymore. And let's be real about this. The, the result of that message, that message has changed your life. I was with someone Friday afternoon. They received a message that will radically change their life forever. And those messages come, and I was thinking about how hard we try to avoid those messages, but the messages come, and they will continue to come. But in the midst of it all, we need to remember there is another message. In the midst of the chaos, there is another message. It is an eternal message from an eternal God. Even as you hear these other messages of the world, I pray and I hope that you hear the message of God. He declares over you, nothing will ever separate you from my love that is found in Christ Jesus. He speaks to you, trust in me, trust in me, look to me, trust in me with all your heart, with all your understanding, not your own understanding, not your ways, but my understanding and all your ways, acknowledge me and I'm going to direct your path. In the midst of the hurts, in the midst of the betrayals, in the midst of the daggers, he whispers, he says, forgive those who mistreat you. Love your enemies. In the midst of the highs and the lows, he says, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. I bring good news of great joy for all the people, including you. Hold on to the message, church. Hold on to the message. Hold on to Jesus. Hold on to Jesus. Don't hold on to a pastor. Hold on to Jesus. The message is as true and as powerful as it has ever been. Hold on to the truth. Be stubborn about it. Hold on to the truth that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. You know why he came to this earth? Because the world was perishing. Did you know that the world is still perishing? But there is hope. There is salvation for a world that is perishing. Whoever believes in him, they will go from perishing to not perishing. They are saved in the mighty name of Jesus. The message of God's love to you. You do not have to perish. If you believe in him, you can be saved and have eternal life. That's the miracle of the message. He loves you. And he loves me. And again, Christmas, we can kind of make it about a lot of different things, can't we? 
We can kind of get caught up in the whole thing. But let's simplify it again. It's that Jesus was sent from the Father, born in a manger, lived the perfect life, died, willingly gave up his life for us on that cross, rose three days later, and he's coming back again. And if you receive that message, you will not perish, but you will be saved and have eternal life. I hope we're listening, church. I hope we're listening because if you receive that message and put your faith in that message, your life will be changed forevermore. Let's pray. Hallelujah. 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 God, this is a holy moment in your presence. Lord, I pray that your message right now, it just would penetrate our hearts. In our humanness, in our flesh, Lord, we're really good at building up walls. But I pray the message would penetrate through those walls right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, that we would understand, comprehend in some way, just a glimpse of how far you went to communicate your message and to communicate it in a way that we could understand. Father, for anyone who's in this room who's, who knows you, who, who's accepted you as Lord and Savior, but they know that they're just, they're listening to the messages of this world much more than they're listening to you, God. I pray that even now you'd be speaking, inviting them to turn, to turn back to your word, to turn back to your son, to turn back to the life that is found in you and you alone. Lord, that they might receive your word again, Lord, for anyone here this morning who has never put their faith in you, who has never received that message, who's never put their trust and their faith in Jesus, who's never said, yes, I believe that you're the word become flesh who dwelt among us, God, that today they would just experience and feel it in this moment that right now is the acceptable time of salvation. Now is the time to receive you as Lord. And Savior, now is the time to submit to your authority, to your kingship. Lord, I pray that right now you would speak that to some people in this room. That you are big enough, you're powerful enough, and you love us enough to forgive us of every sin ever committed. That every sin can be forgiven. Every sin can be washed away. Everything we've ever done against you or against your holy name can be forgiven in the name of Jesus Christ and we can receive eternal life in him. If you'd like to put your faith in Jesus and receive forgiveness of sins and receive eternal life, would you pray this with me? And, and would you just repeat after me in church? Would we all just pray this together? Dear God, I want to live with you forever. Forgive me of my sins. I receive your message today. I believe that Jesus is your son. He left heaven and came to earth to die on the cross for my sins. And I believe he rose from the dead and is alive today. Today I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Father, forgive me. Cleanse me. 
and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I choose in this moment to receive your message, the gift of salvation through Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, at this time, I'm actually going to ask the ushers to begin passing out a gift for you, for every one of you. I hope you can take one home. These are scrolls, and the scrolls contain the story of Jesus' birth as told from Luke chapter 2. We want everyone to have one. We want you to hold them and take them with you and keep them even maybe kind of close this holiday season. Let them serve as a reminder that in these last days, God is still speaking. He's not an historical figure, some man stuck in a book. He is alive, and he's speaking, and he's speaking to us through his son. Luke 2, anyone remember what Luke 2 is about? Shout it out if you know. The birth of Christ. The birth of Christ, the good news of great joy. Keep the scroll somewhere where you can access it quickly. I was thinking about it this week. Have you ever seen the alarms and it says, in case of emergency, break glass? I was just thinking, put it in a place where in case of emergency, open scroll, right? You just make sure it's close to you. Pull it out. Pull it out as often as you need to. If you need to read it every day, every hour, just keep it close to you. Remember what the angel said. And you might need to even put your name in there. Dan, do not be afraid. Dan, I bring you good news of great joy for you. You might need to put your name in there and read it again. The message of joy, the message of life, it's for you. So hold on to the message. Don't be afraid to pull it out this holiday season. And I want to close the service today with something I think is really special. It gave me goosebumps when I watched it for the first time. It's a video clip. As you know, in this church, we support a variety of missionaries, so many missionaries. Many of you guys sponsor them on your own. And then as a church, we sponsor some of these missionaries as well. One of these missionaries is David and Shelley Midkiff. You remember when the Midkiffs were here and they shared with us their Bible translators in Papua New Guinea. They are... Uh, specifically assigned to the Watu people in Papua New Guinea. I want to share a clip. I love this clip. It shows to every one of us just how practical God is in his love, that he is still in the business of speaking to humanity, this message, this uh, heartbeat of God, and he speaks to us in a language that we can understand. Pay attention to how God is using David and Shelley. The voice you hear, by the way, is David speaking. Watch and enjoy. Ringu, lawako nan bining eche yakafu kagam orunga gocheche, a kagam oru yochmanuim limbining eche, buti kening a kefi wungin, le kapeng narumaro natawit ni parach, na ontam, Christus, na wakoing a pisausi, murumuri ganepie, tanch wungin yochlipofu no lef, ikaliging ganapurma kakerente. Amen. Would you stand with us? <laughs> 